We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Here's a striking fact. 80% of the world's disabled population live in developing countries. While the majority of these millions affected by disability are marginalized, there are many who, through Christian ministries, are discovering that God loves and values them. Our guest of honor today, Daniel, has dedicated his life to reaching the disabled community. In the 1040 window, where hearing impairments rank third highest in the world, God is using Daniel, along with his wife, to extend the love of Christ to the deaf. Daniel, we are elated to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, it's great to be with you. So tell us all about your ministry. Sure. My wife and I, Hannah, and I'm Daniel, and we've been serving in a country in the 1040 window um, for the last 10 years. And we've been targeting a population of about 20 million deaf people. And uh, during our first four-year term, we've been building up a a church and uh, running a boarding school for the deaf people that had uh, children that we received and taught in that boarding school. And then for our last four years, we moved to a really large city in this country and uh, with the goal of planting a church for the deaf people. And along with our coworkers in 2015, we planted a church. And uh, over these last four years, we've seen uh, 20 deaf people uh, follow the Lord in baptism and join our church there. And they've been building up and growing in their faith. And all of these um, deaf people, they come from uh, families that aren't Christian, but have uh, are from two very um, different religions that, that oppose Christianity. And yet they have uh, learned about Jesus Christ through our ministry there. And uh, what made me aware of the need of the deaf people is uh, first, my dad is deaf and the Lord uh, used him and my mom on this same field uh, since 1980 to to start churches and and schools for the deaf people. And I was born on the field there as they ministered. Um, But as a as a kid and as a teenager, I wanted the things that America had to offer, and I wasn't interested in working with uh, the deaf people, but God got a hold of my heart. And uh, when I visited there uh, near the end of my uh, four years of college, I uh, I saw deaf coming from hours and hours away to, to learn the Bible because there were no churches, no one to teach them, but there were hundreds of them uh, wanting to to hear the gospel and grow in their faith. And the Lord really spoke to my heart and said, um, I can open the door for you if you'll obey me and uh, and go and seek to reach those people with the gospel. And for these last 10 years, God has been opening the door for us and allowing us to be able to uh, cross the communication barrier, getting the gospel to these deaf people. And uh, most of these 20 million deaf people in our field are illiterate 
because uh, uh, the schools that they go to don't allow sign language to be used. They just try to get them to lip read or use their voices. Um, so a big part of our ministry in trying to build them up in their faith, uh, teach them God's word, build up the church is to also teach them English grammar. And, uh, and then also part of that is to make the Bible accessible to them. So we've also, these last four years, translated the New Testament into their sign language. So it's lots of video clips of passages through the New Testament. So any first they want to read or learn or try to understand, they can click on videos and watch it signed, um, which helps them be able to understand the passages. And so that's, that's our ministry right now. Well, you mentioned that the deaf are discouraged in using sign and learning sign. What is the general view of people with disabilities in that country? It's um, a burden to a certain degree to for the hearing people to want to bend uh, towards the deaf people, for the hearing people to have to learn sign language to be interpreters for the deaf people or to learn sign language to communicate with the deaf people. And it's for them, hearing people, it's easier to have the deaf people learn to use their voices and to make it in a hearing world. Um, but really, in order for a deaf person to be able to do that well, it, it takes a ton of time and focus and attention, a lot of one-on-one -on -one time that uh, really uh, has not been done in, in our field for them. Uh, parents are relying very much on their children to support them in, uh, in, in that culture. And so if their child is deaf, they're not going to be able to provide much money for the family. And so um, the focus is not given to them. They're not invested in time-wise or with education. And, another, and on a sibling that is hearing would be focused on. So a deaf person is sent to school, pushed through, but... Um, they're still left illiterate in the end and, uh, and cut off from their, their community uh, because no one learns sign language. Yeah. So being in a culture where physical impairments are usually looked down on, how do you break through that mentality? Are there any particular passages from the Bible that you found to be effective in showing that God is compassionate toward these people? When we teach them um, about God, it, it's a couple year process, really. Um, first, we're trying to learn their signs and, and they're watching our signs and we're, uh, there's, without a very established sign language yet, we're trying to break that, that uh, barrier. But we, we try to start from the beginning and, and tell them that there's a God who loves them they're they're pretty much without a worldview um, because they're not communicating with their um, communities around them. So they don't really have a religion. Um, they just go through motions, but they don't understand why. And so when as we break the language barrier with them, we get to tell them that there's a God who loves them, uh, that loves all mankind. And uh, we get to tell them about sin and why things are the way they are in this world and why there's all the pain and the suffering, why there are disabilities. Uh, but we also get to, to tell them that uh, there's a God is sovereign. He's in control of everything, that they're deaf for a reason. And uh, right now that reason is um, he's prepared them. He's protected them. 
um, preserve them for this presentation of the gospel, that they're getting to know him, unlike their family members, and that God in his wisdom and, and sovereignty has, uh, has, has really kept them away from a lot of the lies that are out there and kept them for the truth of his word. And so we, we teach them that, that God um, allowed them to be deaf, that that was part of his plan uh, so that they could learn about him. And we, we teach them that their people aren't perfect. No one is perfect. No one is a perfect specimen. <laughs> they, we are all faulty. We all have limitations. And that's a very good thing. Um, and that there is pain and suffering in the world. And that's a very good thing because of the sin nature of man. And we need to learn to, to look to him and to depend upon him. And we teach our deaf people and the few hearing people that we do come into contact with and get to talk about it. But uh, one passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, where the Apostle Paul writes, for starting in verse 26, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And, uh, and we share that to them and others just saying, you know, uh, riches and uh, strength and, uh, and, and, Earthly wisdom are often, sadly, hindrances uh, to people getting saved. Um, but when we don't have those things, it's really God in His mercy. He it's kind of a He scatters, He He purges, He divides that He might uh, conquer uh, as many as possible with with His love and with the truth. Like uh, we consider the flood of Noah, or we consider the Tower of Babel, how he divided the nations. And that's just part of God's sovereignty and wisdom as he wants as many people as possible, since he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's part of his plan uh, to see many come to salvation. And, and so we just teach the deaf people that uh, it's a fantastic thing that they're deaf because nothing's more important than the salvation of their souls. And God works through their deafness to accomplish that. Right. Amen. It never ceases to amaze me how God can take limitations and hindrances and use it as a means to further the gospel. Yes. Many times when we meet people who are deaf or have any kind of impairment, we kind of instinctively want to do what we can to alleviate the suffering and loneliness that they have and improve their quality of life. You know, what is your ultimate goal in working with the deaf? Um, the deaf are very, very lonely uh, because, uh, especially in our field where there might be 20 to 100 vocabulary words that they share with their family that they've made up together, but much deeper conversation is impossible. Mm. And, uh, and they have many, many, many questions that can't be answered <laughs> to them with such a limited vocabulary. Um, and they almost every... Uh, Okay, most of the the people that are now members of our church that received Christ, been baptized, ones that I've been able to um, to, to speak with in, in depth have individually shared with me, um, the majority of them have shared that they have thought about committing suicide and just their depression. 
and uh, and my dad, who's deaf and has known many deaf people, have also has also you know shared that that's on a, a lot of deaf people's mind. They're so they see their siblings, they see their their peers, who you know have the same kind of resources, have the same um, finances, the same family, but but the deaf people they're being left behind, and so they're very very depressed about this. But uh, what we can do to to help them is, uh, and it takes time, uh, but but learn to, learning to communicate with them, learning their sign language, and taking the time to cross that uh, language barrier. Because when we do that, they are wide open. Because many people, especially ones without Christ's love, um, do not take the time to cross that language barrier. But when we do, um, I, I think with many deaf people, um, they'll find that they're wide open then uh, to the truth and you're presenting to them the very first worldview that they've ever had. And it's uh, the Christian worldview and teaching them about Bible. And while we um, find it very important to teach them to be able to, to read because we want them to study the Bible and to be able to teach it to others. And we believe every word of God is important. Um, we, realize that uh, just them learning to read or becoming literate accomplishes nothing unless they they also learn of Christ's love for them, how they can be saved through faith in him, um, because we'd accomplish absolutely nothing if we just uh, teach them to read or even, you know, we're able by some means to provide cochlear implants so that uh, they can hear that would work for some deaf people. But uh, if we don't teach them the gospel. And if they don't believe in that, they're still going to spend eternity in, in hell. And uh, and so the gospel is all important and, and seeing them saved is is the whole reason why we, we do anything and really why Christ left his churches um, in this world. And we view the deaf people as their own uh, people group, one of the nations that Jesus said to teach all nations the gospel. And, uh, and so that, that is definitely our, our ultimate goal and, uh, helping the deaf become literate is, is, a, a part and a tool, um, used in accomplishing that goal. Through all the years of ministry you've had among the deaf, could you give us an example of someone whose life was changed by Christ? There's one young man. He started coming to my parents' school when he was 13 and he was from a Muslim background. And he went through the school and he received Jesus Christ as his savior. Um, uh, then I had the opportunity to begin ministering to him as a young adult in his 20s and uh, and begin teaching him through the Bible, continuing to disciple him. And his family, um, as the culture is to arrange marriages uh, for their, their children, um, were trying to set him up with uh, different Muslim girls to marry. And uh, but he had learned from the Bible that one should only marry a Christian and he wanted to serve God fully. And he understood also from the Bible that it's not um, unreasonable to die for uh, Jesus Christ. That is uh, acceptable. And uh, and he he stood his ground. And and every time he'd come to me for Bible classes to ask him how his day is going and and he would talk about it's under a lot of pressure today. received these threats uh, and in a couple occasions on his life and also he's the eldest son in his family um, 
his father threatened, you, you won't inherit anything. You won't inherit this house or my uh, company if you don't um, marry who I tell you to. But Rizal said, the only thing that matters to me is obeying Jesus. And uh, finally, his, his dad told him, okay, you can go ahead and, and uh, marry a Christian. Um, and he had been meeting another deaf uh, Christian girl online from uh, another country in the area. And uh, he did Bible studies with her. And, uh, and she, had, she had grown up in a church, but, she, but the gospel and the Bible had been unclear to her because she had no interpreter and there's no other deaf person. And so um, this, this man did Bible studies with her for a couple of years. And, uh, and just last week, they uh, ended up getting married and their dad and his dad said uh, that was okay with him. And uh, pretty much this young man um, saw that his dad was bluffing um, on some accounts there. His family just did not attend the wedding for shame, his dad said. But, uh, and this young man wants to, to reach deaf people with the gospel. Um, I failed to mention he also followed the Lord in baptism in spite of uh, the dangers he knew was there. But uh, he'd like to, to study the Bible more. Um, through Bible college, he, he and his wife, and so we're praying for that and hoping to be able to make that available to him in the coming years. That's exciting. And there's quite quite a, uh, a few other testimonies along those lines, but just things that deaf people have been willing to sacrifice um, mm. to follow Jesus Christ, and it's been exciting. Well, that's an encouragement to us to hear that. You talked about um, part of your work is to teach the deaf in that culture how to sign and and to be more liter- be more literate what kind of challenges have you faced taking sign language into that native language the in for ASL like if we look at aslpro.com for american sign language on the internet you'll see that there's a dictionary of signs of uh, i think like 12,000 words so with american sign language you can have quite complex conversations right um in our field, um, among those 20 million deaf people, there's, there is now a, an app for learning that sign language, but the signs are limited to, to less than, I think it's between 1,000 and 2,000 words so far. So it's very much a developing um, language mm-hmm. right now. It's not standardized. And none of the deaf learn it at school. And so they're learning it now as they in deaf clubs and and through the internet and through video chatting. And so there are lots of dialects of it. And so, for example, when my wife teaches um, English and a deaf person comes, she'll show them a word and see if they know what that word English word means. And then she'll show them the picture. And so what's your sign for this? And she'll and get a number of different signs from her different students for the same word uh, in our Deaf that live in our city have given four to five different signs for one one vocabulary word, even though it's kind of all under the umbrella of the one sign language that the 20 million use. There are a lot of dialects of it, so the signs aren't very standardized. So when I've um, translated the New Testament for the sign language, I'll have to sometimes use several different signs with words and phrases. Um, to, to try to commu- reach the most dialects of this um, of this language. 
If you could name just one attribute of God that has become precious to you since your ministry began, what would it be? It would be um, God's sovereignty. Just uh, as I consider, you know, really how dark um, the world is, how um, against the truth and righteousness um, the world is, and then yet to see how uh, through through his wisdom, so there's another uh, attribute of God, but uh, how how he's ordering all things and he works all things so that the maximum number of sinners would be saved and, uh, and how he uses every single um, even hardship and affliction to, to work out his goodwill, um, to work out another of his attributes, his, his love um, for people right. and to see the most people saved. So God's sovereignty stands out to me. Well, Daniel, it's been such a delight visiting with you. Thank you and our privilege. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.